Rebel Force Radio is brought to you by Nissan USA. Celebrate Star Wars The Last Jedi with Nissan. Nissan's Star Wars droid repair bay virtual reality experience puts fans right in the action. See it at select Nissan dealerships. For more information, visit NissanUSA.com slash Star Wars. The all-new Star Wars collection at Stance.com. Visit Stance.com slash Rebel Force Radio and check out their new collection of Star Wars socks. Choose from the light side and the dark side. All of your favorite characters, exclusive box sets, and more. The Star Wars collection at Stance.com slash Rebel Force Radio. From Tops comes the all-new digital card collecting app, Star Wars Card Trader. For the first time ever, collect and trade everything from legendary 1977 Star Wars cards to new cards featuring exclusive content, all from the comfort of your mobile device. Star Wars Card Trader. These are the cards you're looking for. Where the fun begins. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. Okay, Rebel Force Radio back for what we're calling the morning after. The morning after most of us, I hope all of us. Come on, if you're a Star Wars fan and you weren't in the hospital or at work or something. And at work, you could even call off. You can't really call off from the hospital, but you can call off from work. Everybody should have seen The Last Jedi last night. Uh, Judging by the reaction that we're seeing on social media and throughout the uh, Internet and our email inbox... It is going to be a very interesting discussion. So we're going to be turning a large chunk of this show over to you. Those of you listening right now live and within the sound of our within the sound of our voices, we want you to call in at 708-866-1737. That's 708-866-1737 and we want to hear from you what you thought about the last Jedi. Now, we already released one show and that was raw, unfiltered, pure Reaction. No visual guides. No reading on social media. Essentially, if you've been listening to Rebel Force Radio for the last several weeks, you know the frame of mind we were in. We went in and sat our butts down in that theater. Nothing else had disturbed it. And what you heard on our very first reaction show with special guest Billy Mack was our real 100% true honest feelings coming out of it. Yes, things change. You start to read online. You start to look at emails And it might start to open your eyes to some things that you didn't see in the film on the first viewing. And by the way, we're both coming on our first viewing. And when I say both, I mean myself, Jason, and my good friend and yours from Chicago, Jimmy Mack. Hey, Jason. Hey, Star Wars fans. Uh, Wowie, wow, wow. Everyone has a lot of opinions. And what I've always said about opinions are uh, they're like buttholes. Everyone's got one. Hello. But, you know, it's, it's fair to have critique about something but the the pure 
unbridled hatred I've been seeing online. I'm done with Star Wars forever. This thing sucked. Get Ryan Johnson. Get him. You know, I mean, it's just like the, the hatred is something that I'm not cool with. I've only seen the movie once, as Jason said, and I'm looking forward to seeing it a second time. And I really don't want to go in there carrying some haters emotional baggage with me. So while we understand this movie is not a perfect movie. Very rarely do we ever get presented with a perfect movie. But uh, the, the criticisms are being uh, thrown out there, and it's coming loud and fast like a tidal wave. And uh, this show is for Star Wars fans. This show is a show for people who appreciate Star Wars. So if you're expecting us to sit here and talk to you for the next 90 minutes and just to two hours and just rip on this movie and tell you all the things that are bad about it, then you're listening to the wrong show. We want to keep things positive here, and we want the movie to have time to sink in. I don't know about you, Jason, but I can't fully appreciate a Star Wars film unless I've seen it 500 times. No, I mean, look, I mean, think about how much mileage and discussion we got out of the the first three films. You know, you, you and uh, Billy, who's also still here in the studio with us. Say hi, Bill. Hey. <laughs> we don't have a mic for him. We don't today. have a mic for Bill yet. But uh, if, if you're calling and you have a question specifically for Bill, we know he's one of the all-time favorite guest hosts here on the program. Certainly let us know. We can get him on the, on the mic. But um, no, I mean, think of how much mileage you know you guys got out of episode four a new hope for a couple of years uh these films take years if not decades to break down and i will say one thing for the last jedi i'll say a lot of things for the last jedi bold choices big moves i think and certainly fodder for lots and lots of discussion i would dare say there was more track laid in this film for discussion over the next two years than was laid in The, the Force Awakens. Absolutely. I this is a film that challenges us it challenges us as Star Wars fans, as consumers of pop culture storytelling, and I think it needs time to settle in with everyone. It threw a lot of heavy concepts at us at once in a very rapid-fire sort of way, and I think there's going to be further discoveries to be made with this film in multiple viewings. You can't just soak it in all at once. And I have an example of something that would have taken us multiple viewings if it wasn't for all of our listeners. And that is something that we talked about on the uh, the first reaction show. And we were talking about the Jedi books and how Yoda uh, burned down the, the force tree, <laughs> I guess we might call it, right. the force tree uh, with the books. Um, but we find out later in the film and what was pointed out to us uh, by our listeners is something I didn't catch. I did not catch the fact that Ray somehow got in possession of the books, took the books, and they were in her uh, quarters or in her right. room there. Uh, she stowed them away, I believe, on the Falcon. On the in Falcon. A, in the drawer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was a real brief glimpse. And um, I, you know... We were in one of those movie theaters where they have the food service and everything. And I think right at that moment, we were being presented with our checks. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> and so I, we briefly looked away from the... I love, I love the, 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 the West Boulevard, the, the, the theater. Uh, what is it? West Boulevard? West Boulevard? Hollywood, Hollywood Boulevard. Hollywood Boulevard. Cinema. Whatever, cinema. Um, great place. Uh, but yeah, you're sitting at, uh, essentially, um, you got a big table in front of you in your seat. And um, yeah, you, you, you got a, a waiter coming and helping you out. It's great. I had a 
awesome burger and sweet potato fries. I mean, yeah. that's that's the way. But oh, let's yeah. let's get to it. Um, we've had a number of folks. Uh, we've got a number of you on hold right now. One of you have been on for a good while. We were getting set up here. So let's take our first call. We've got area code 440. You're on with Rebel Force Radio. Hey, Jason. It's Adam from Cleveland. Adam from Cleveland. Got an email from you earlier today, Adam, where you were saying that you thought your predictions yeah. of a weak Luke were proven true. Uh, I don't know. I'm not quite so sure. But why it's don't up you, for debate. Uh, why, don't, yeah, why don't you tell folks what... Uh, Remind them what you predicted a few weeks back. Well, I called in on the trailer show, and I pointed out that in every shot in the trailer, Luke seemed to be in a weaker, compromising position on his back or looking fearful or whatever the case may be. And my big fear was that we wouldn't get the all-powerful, um, all-knowing Jedi Master that everybody had built up in their heads over the years. And now having seen the movie, um, I think it's open for debate. I don't think we got the Kyle Newman slam dunk. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, Adam. You know I love you, and you're a Cleveland guy. (laughs) We've had lunch together, but I don't think you could be more wrong here. To say that we did not see an all-powerful Luke who was able to astral project himself physically across time and space and take on, you know, these uh, massive walkers, handle that barrage... Um, take uh, Kylo Ren to school, all in a day's work. This was not the <laughs> ultimate Luke Skywalker. Are you out of your mind? What do you want from well, the that guy? That scene was incredible. I'm totally with you, except that I don't know. Was he really there, or was it just like basically a glorified um, uh, projection? And on that note, his sister can fly through space. So that's pretty powerful too. All so right, the power well, levels are are a little bit wacky. Well, look, look, this is the fulfillment of the Skywalker bloodline, is it not? I mean, this is the kind of stuff that we thought, you know, the the, the two twins, the kind of power I think we as kids uh, growing up with this mythology thought they might exhibit. Now, granted, flying Leia, that's a whole other topic. I mean, if you want to if you want to start breaking that yeah. down. Um, but as far as the Luke stuff. Uh, sure, he was a grumpy old man. He was grizzled. He was uh, disenfranchised. But I, I, it's hard to say whether he was he was really wrong. I mean, Yoda himself yeah, I, says I, that I, I the Jedi were. I don't know if I were... agree with myself either. Um, I just don't know. I'm just not. I, I just don't know what to make of that. And and you know, we're still processing it. Yeah. Uh, did that did that projection kill him, or did he just decide to become one with the Force? Well, that's something I think we're going to be debating for a long time. And 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 I the one thing I'll say is that, and I'd I'd love to find the passage. George Lucas was quoted. I believe this was at the time of the special edition. It might even been the Blu-rays. He was never able to quite get the cutting down of Obi-Wan Kenobi, the timing, the way he wanted it. What he wanted to show, according to him, is that the blade did not cut the man down, that the man became one with the Force just seconds before the blade would have struck him. I think it comes across, but maybe that's just because I've read that particular interview and that's what I want to see. So my belief is... That like Obi-Wan, and I think that Luke in a lot of ways was sort of the anti-Obi-Wan, then became, you know, sort of like Obi-Wan, you know, 3.0 in this thing, uh, that he was, he did become one with the Force. He gave in to the Force. I mean, one could argue that that, that feat of, of incredible uh, Force ability might have taken a lot out of him. You know, you can see when Yoda brings the X-Wing out of the swamp and Dagobah, an empire... 
you know, he's he's very labored. You know, this 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 physically took its toll after the Dooku battle. It physically took its toll. Um, But we have no evidence to suggest that that is, you know, a death sentence. The one thing I mentioned on the show last night was that is it possible that he actually did endure those that blaster fire, Mm -hmm. the lightsaber. Mm -hmm. And that's actually what what did him in. Um, that's what I tend to believe I, because it's not just like he was projecting a hologram image of himself. He was projecting himself out there. It was his essence that he was able to transmit via the force to the battlefield to confront Kylo Ren on crate. So I think anything that happened there had to have had some sort of physical impact on him. Right. And we were talking about the, uh, the dice, you know, Luke brings the dice to Leia there at the base on crate. He hands the dice to her. She feels the dice. Now, she's a force user. Keep, keep in mind, everybody that comes into contact with those dice yeah. is a force user. She sees the dice. She feels them there in her hand. Kylo sees them laying on the ground after they've evacuated. He picks them up, and then they disappear. Mm-hmm. So were they really there? Right. Probably not. They were part of the... I call it astral projection, where your body's in one place, but you take some sort of form in another. Um, that's what I think uh, happened there. But, but Adam, as far as your your thesis of the, we didn't see the Luke, the heroic Luke, or the we're, we were going to see some sort of weakened Luke, what we saw is a deliberate Luke that purposely cut himself off from the Force and um, still yet managed to find a way to reconnect and deliver, I think. That's my take. Yeah, I mean, I think I can make my peace with that. I'm just, uh, I mean, we're going, I I think we're going down the weeds in here, uh, especially, you know, when you see how powerful Snoke was in comparison to what we've seen before. But I I do love that they gave us that uh, triumphant Luke moment, and I don't think there's much more we could have asked for in regards to that. Yeah. That's right. I agree. I, I think it was it was a great return to form for Master Skywalker. I, I think he did fulfill his destiny at you know at that time, and I don't think he gave himself into the Force so much as that he was actually physically beat down from. I wonder. Go on. I just want to add one quick thing. When Yoda touches Luke through the Force, he he knocks him on the cane with the hammer. I wonder if that was laying the groundwork for what Luke learned to do there at the end, and maybe his next um, stage in life when he goes on to to be whatever form of Force ghost he takes on. Maybe it's all um, part of the same sort of skill set or Force power because Yoda clearly showed that he could be there physically. What an interesting idea, Adam. That's a really good thought. Was that Yoda's? Was that a lesson? Listen, the Yoda. It's it's kind of like when uh, Patrick Swayze or, or uh, no, in, in Ghost when he starts to learn how to, you know, interact with the physical world uh, after he's he's passed on. He learns how to kick the can and the whatever. Um, yeah, that's a little less your Ghost reference here on Star Wars uh, Rebel Force Radio, but, <laughs> but, but but similar thing. And I I think that was that was interesting. We hadn't seen um, that level of interaction between the netherworld of the Force and the and uh, in the living now, it might have something to do with the fact that that Octu was, you know, probably some sort of a nexus for the Force. It was the very holy site, site of the original Jedi Temple. We saw that with um, Mortis in uh, in Clone Wars. So it may have something to do with the with the location. Uh, perhaps Luke um, 
tapped into that, and that's why he was able to do such an extreme, you know, force power. Um, that very well may be. The, the, the setting might have had a lot to do with it. Um, though I don't remember noticing that it had twin sons, uh, Octu, until Luke was having his yeah. final vision. I, so I think that was just a little wink to the audience. It was a nice little bookend to Luke's life. He was, he was you know, thinking back to where he came from. The whole circle of life. Adam, hey, man, thank you so much. Hopefully we can, uh, we'll grab lunch or yeah, something and break time. it down we, some more, buddy. All right, hang on, have a good, good rest of the show. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it very much. All right, let's see. Who else we got here? Um, let's go to 925. 925, you're on with Rebel Force Radio. Hello, hello. Hi, this is uh, Jose in California. Hey, Jose. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, right. good, um, man. I just, I just wanted to uh, throw, a, throw an idea out there after watching the film, something that Snoke kind of made a reference to, um, how the dark side of the Force, like, rose up or, like, came about and somehow the light came to, came to meet it. Uh, he thought it was going to be Luke, but it came, they came out of like Ray, who we found out is not really anybody special or anybody linked to the Skywalker family. So it got me thinking, like, you know, what what if they're trying to throw some new idea of, of the Force and how it behaves? Uh, you know, maybe like Anakin was the chosen one. It was he was supposed to be an embodiment of balance in the Force, but ended up turning to one side versus you know where he was supposed to be in the middle somewhere. But before Anakin, there was some kind of, you know, two different, you know, vergences in the Force, one dark, one light, and then somehow they, they, they would balance each other out. And now, now we got Kylo, and now we got Rey fulfilling those roles. And, you know, it got me thinking, like, well, if you do that, then you could, you know, pretty much separate the Saga films from the Skywalker family, and anybody could rise up and be the new, you know, all-powerful user of the force that kind of thing yeah um i mean what do you think about the fact that you know ray really is out of obscurity you know ray came from nowhere i i think it's surprising to be honest i i really thought she was going to have some kind of tie you know even remotely tied to somebody that we know in the skywalker family lineage or even you know those kenobi theories that were out there right All of but it, it just seems like it you know, what What significance does she have of her just coming out of nowhere, not being related to anyone? You know, because I don't think they're going to end the trilogy on, you know, like, you know, keeping Ben Solo alive. Um, I think he's going to probably end in the next movie. So I, I don't know, you know, if, if he's gone, then, then the Skywalker family is gone. So that, does that mean no more saga films or... Yeah. Go <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it yeah. means. Yeah. And I think that's crystal clear because they're creating an all-new trilogy to happen after this one that's going to take place with characters we don't know in a, an area of the galaxy we're unfamiliar with. So I think, yes, definitely we are seeing the end of the Skywalker saga. I, I do. I think that's uh, the end of the the Roman numerals. Uh, <laughs> it's the end of... Uh, of of all of that, you know, the uh, trials and tribulations of uh, Darth Vader and Anakin and Luke and Leia and all that stuff, I think, is, is really going to be completely and totally wrapped up by the end of Episode 9. 
something that is happening in the Mixler uh, chat that I wanted to bring up, and that's this idea of Jim through the force having a, a physical connection. There, I was saying that perhaps it was you know Luke being an Octu that gave him such an extreme ability. People are pointing out, yes, but remember the rain falling uh, on Ray that was then later wiped off the brow. You know, Kylo Ren. They do touch. That's all true. The difference is when Luke did what he did at the end, all those people in the base saw him. Whereas what was happening between Ray and Kylo was only happening between them. In fact, I don't even know, correct me if I'm wrong, because at one point Luke interrupts what's happening, but I don't think he sees Kylo. Oh, he does. He does see Kylo, and Kylo sees him. That's right. Okay. Okay. So... Uh, perhaps that is a it's a similar ability um, that we're seeing, but it's definitely something new. You know, we're trying to uh, wrap our heads around this stuff like you guys are and uh, having only seen the film one time. Uh, let's see. Who do we got here? We've got uh, 419. Hello, 419. Welcome to Rebel Force Radio. Hi. This is... Hi. Thanks for having me. This is David from Columbus, Ohio. Hey, David. Yo, yo. Lay it on us. Lay it on us, man. I just wanted... Uh, so I was just wanted to talk about uh, when I left the movie last night, it was a different feeling than any other Star Wars movie I've ever seen. And like for the first time, I, I wasn't super excited. I, I'm going to give it another chance. I'm going to go see it uh, probably 498 more times. Um, but uh, I just <laughs> wait a minute. You, wait a minute. You, 498. To... That means you've seen it twice. No, I'm going to see it again this weekend, and then after that, another 400. Oh, another 400. You know, i got to get my 500 left. Got your weekends planned um, for a while, apparently. I, I do, I do. Um, but uh, I, 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 my, my first viewing was not a super positive reaction. Okay. And um, a lot of my friends, uh, you know, I talked to some of my I had phone calls until 2 a.m. last night about this movie, and um, about half of them felt the same way I did, and half of them loved it. And I was super jealous of the people who loved it. Um, and there's just, I, I, I just needed to come on and, you know, say this and see if you guys are hearing some of the same things out in the Star Wars fan universe, but it's just, and it's just such a different movie experience. It was very different, but different isn't always bad. And one of the things that we heard so much, um, not immediately after the force awakens, but sort of that aftertaste a few weeks and a few months into it. And then by the time it hit home video, it was really at full force was, well, this one didn't really challenge me as a fan. You know, mm-hmm. it was just a it was a regurgitation of of episode four. It was beat for beat this beat for beat that. This movie, I think, was anything but non challenging and a repeat of what we'd seen before. I just absolutely I, it would go left when you think it was going to go right. We've been getting ourselves prepared for the better part of the last year by insider reports telling us to expect something different. Uh, yeah, it was different. Um, what were the differences caller that, that may have turned you off a little bit? Cause I'm interested to know. Um, I, um, I mean, well, I mean, there were a few things with like with the movie itself that I problem with, um, specifically like the whole cancer bite sequence. I didn't feel was 
super entire necess- entirely necessary. Um, I but mean, I mean, what is what is necessary? Of, I mean, did it did it do something to offend you, to repel you, to make you not like the movie? I mean, you know, if, if it's unnecessary, well, I think it was necessary because they had to hook up with the slicer, they had to find uh, the guy who was going to crack the code. So it was totally necessary. Uh, but, I mean, he did. He didn't. He didn't end up. I mean, the way it was shot was was so different compared to. It had a lot of modern, you know, camera angles and cinematography that that didn't seem to really align. Well, I certainly with, saw know, a lot of that Star in Star Wars Awakens. In the way it was shot, um, and like the whole Canto Bite sequence, like I didn't like seeing people in like tuxedos and suits. I I just felt like there was a lot of a little too know, real world, huh? A little too earthbound, perhaps. And, and also, like having Poe Dameron saying "What the hell," and just you Han know, Solo a said, lot "I'll of, see you in hell." A lot of things. It sounds like the same old Star Wars to me. Well, I'm mean, just there were a lot of things. I, I, I mean, I didn't like the Cantobite sequence. I didn't like um, the, the introduction of these new Force powers that that you know we've we've never seen before. We've had a baseline of seven movies of Force powers. I mean, I, the, the bottom line is I walked out of The Force Awakens super amped and pumped with a lot of questions um, that I was speculating about. And a lot of the questions I have, you know, leaving this movie are more like, why why was that route chosen in this movie instead of speculating about the Or why was it dropped? You know, I, I will say, I think that one of the, the, the most fair criticisms of this movie uh, is about the, the the two major questions going into the film was were who are Ray's parents, where she come from, and who is Snoke? And they answered Ray's, but for some we people get, it was know, very... Was really... Well, Ray was, it was, you know, you could argue it was unsatisfactory. Snoke, we didn't get at all. Well, Snoke, we didn't get at all. Well, so with, with Ray's parents, I think that her vision in the cave is pretty fascinating. I think it's still leaves some gray area. Uh, because when she saw herself, what she saw to see her parents, when she saw to see her parents, there was two people that converged into herself. Um, and I think that that could, you know, there could be an argument there that she is just, you know, kind of like an Anakin type situation, just a manifestation of the force. And I think that if they go down that path, I think that's far more compelling than just coming out of nothing. I don't I want to I want to push back on that, because one, I don't think that's the way it's going, because I think Kylo Ren and Ray's reaction to when Kylo says, come on, deep down, you know who your parents were. They were junk dealers. They were drunks and they sold you. They threw you away like trash uh, so that they could buy more drink. I think that he was telling her the absolute truth. Um, and on the on the one side, and I don't think that it's necessarily compelling to have Anakin 2.0. I think that it was much more exciting. Now, I can kind of tell by your age that maybe you're you're of that perhaps the the prequel generation so you grew up with this chosen one concept whereas some of us that are a little bit older we grew up with this idea that any of us could get a lightsaber and maybe find ourselves a yoda and become the next savior of the galaxy i think this is perhaps a bit of a return to that okay i mean that's a fair criticism i'm just i'm about pushing 30 so you know i grew up oh, going yeah. to see the prequels no, and theaters no. No, man. No, you've you've offered some really, really good thoughts, and I think you. I I, I guarantee you that the, the, the probably half the people listening right now are going, "Yeah, right on, right on, guy from Columbus," because that, that you know I think you're articulating what what's what's out there, um, and uh, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, 
I've, I've never like talked. There's a you know group of my friends who I talk to after every Star Wars movie, and you know I talked to my brother last night who I went and saw the prequels with, and he lives you know in Washington D.C. a couple states away, and we bond over Star Wars, and we both had you know a similar reaction. Other friends who I know who really loved it, and you know it's it's. I wish I was in the loved it camp. I think there's a potential I could get there, um, but my first viewing was you know more a disappointment than. Than, than love, and that, can that I, just made me sad. Can um, I ask but you? I'm eager to give it another chance. Can I ask you what you did love? Was there something that you went, yes, right on? Um, uh, when when uh, the camera panned behind Yoda, the Force Ghost, I like my reaction in the cinema. I grabbed my wife's hand and I like <laughs> really, you know, had a really deep breath. Um, that yeah. was, you know, I uh, that was amazing. Um, I really liked. I liked the Luke story of, you know, what he's been through and how, like, he was a broken guy. Um, uh, I, I liked I liked Poe's growth as a character, um, you know, becoming the leader. You know, at the end, Leia was like, don't look at me, follow him. Um, I think that Poe's a very compelling character. Um, I, you know, I, I liked um, Adam Driver's acting. I liked, yeah. you know, the, the yin and yang of Rey and, and, and Kylo. Um, but there was just, you know, a, a feeling when I left that movie that I wasn't completely satisfied with mm-hmm. a Star Wars movie for the first time. Yeah. Well, that's all fair. That's all fair. All right, man. You're going to give it another shot, though, right? You're going to head out to the theater again? I will see you again, for sure. All right, man. Well, let us know if it changes your mind. Drop us a line. Show at rebelforceradio.com. Remind us that you're... It was Dave, right? Dave from Columbus? Yep. All right, Dave. Yep. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, buddy. Take care. All right, so let's see who else we got. Well, so uh, far, so good. I, I think, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I like the hearing people articulate what their criticisms are of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I just it's it's the unbridled hatred that I've seen directed at this film well, is really puzzling me. I, I mean, as we know, social media it does it, it does bring out sometimes the worst in people, and and in our audience. What I like about our audience is that they are they're they're thoughtful and uh, and and open. I think to uh, you know a variety of opinions, and this is a format that lets people get their feelings out in a way they don't have to be pithy and starky. And you know how many characters or uh, commenting on a on a Facebook thread. Let's see what uh, we've got here. This is area code seven four zero. You with us? Yeah, hey, this is Todd, also from Columbus. Hey, How Todd. are you doing, guys? All right. Ohio representing big time on this show thus far. I like That's that. That's right. I like that. Todd, what's on your mind, man? Hey, I really liked the movie. Um, it was challenging and different, which is exactly what I was looking for. What I wanted to talk about was when Luke showed up on Crate, he looked very different than he did when he was on the island, um, his vision, he looked younger, mm-hmm. his hair was dark, his beard was colored. It looked like uh, he looked like he did on the flashbacks to the to the temple. I think, you know, my thought on that was that, um, you know, he was pro- when he was doing his projection, he was doing it the way people remembered him or maybe they mm-hmm. were seeing it the way they remembered him, you know, Leia and, and Kylo. And and wanted to hear uh, what you guys thought about that. Well, you know, I uh, I, I hate to get all the religious on you, but I, I just remember uh, growing up and 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 hearing um, something that 
that that Christ said to his disciples before he uh, died, which was, "I will return, and I will return in in, in, a, in a form you will you will uh, remember, or you will, uh, you know, um, for I don't know the exact passage, but basically saying, I'll come back, and you'll know who I am." By the way that I look, and that so when you were saying that, I thought, "Wow!" So Luke is is projecting himself into the situation, and he is appearing in their consciousness as they may have last remembered him. That's a great observation. I thought he was just kind of, you know, vain. It's yeah. Like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to look damn good to right. it. Right. Because I thought he was a couple inches taller as yeah. well. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to learn how to do that trick. That little All short a sudden, for a stormtrooper line still stings to this I'm day. Gonna, I'm going to project myself as Brad Pitt out there into the world when I learn this, you know? And the shorty robe was just a well, little bit shorter. Same, you know, when he when he showed up, I thought, boy, he had time for, you know, a haircut, got his hair done. And, and then I thought, no, that's not right. That's not what what's happening here. And so I guess I wasn't surprised that it was a vision. I, I like your spin on it, Jason. That, that's a really good uh, good way to look at it. Yeah, there is. I mean, there was something um, very savior-like about him. Um, yet uh, it, he was also at the same time making it uh, in sort of sort of embodying the sort of the savior. He, in a sense, made, opened it up and made it broader and wider. And that way, you see Ray is stepping up, and then you have the little boy at the end who pulls the you know the the uh, the broomstick to him. It was almost like Luke was getting out of the way to allow this renaissance of the Force, and maybe it is sort of the Force 2.0 that's mm. not mired in the tired old dogma of the Jedi. You know, well, I, th- I think that the, the Force itself is something very pliable and flexible, and can be used in a variety of different ways. The Jedi were forbidden to use the Force in many ways, according to their rules and regulations. So uh, the the advent of new Force powers that we've never seen before, like this way of projecting your essence through the Force and Leia, you know, body surfing through (laughs) the the cosmos, um, you know, that's the type of stuff that shows us that there's so much more to the force than we already know about it. So I can't critique the film for displaying force powers we've never seen before and felt like they were inconceivable. I don't think there should be any boundaries on that kind of thing. It limits the storytelling and keeps us mired in the same old, same old. And also making Jedi or force users connection to the force vary depending on the user then i think provides so many different opportunities to take it in so many different directions and for us to discover along with the characters on film they discover their new abilities we discover the fact that the force can be applied in that direction i think it's cool and it will help progress things and we certainly see different usage of the force in each trilogy the Jedi of the prequels definitely use the Force differently than Ben and Luke and Yoda and Vader in the original trilogy. And now in the sequel trilogy, we're seeing some new ways to tap into the Force. I think that's all true. I mean, we saw different ways in, in the Clone Wars and a lot of weird ways. You know, George was always coming up with new things, which, you know, when when you hear in the media that, He's given his stamp of approval on it. I, I think of that. George wasn't afraid to, to go and do different things. And 
that's what we see here in, in episode eight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Clone Wars is a great example, and even some of the what we saw in in Rebels. Uh, I, who, Jim, I was as I was getting ready this morning, I was thinking back to the the Flying Leia discussion, and I had brought up a, a spacewalk that we had seen in in Clone Wars and Plo Koon, and then you reminded me that there was something in Rebels, and it was there was a spacewalk me, last season. It was in Rebels. It Kanan? Was it Kanan that went out there? In all honesty, I don't. Remember. Todd, do you remember? Are you watching Rebels? I, yeah, I am, but I don't remember. I I, I vaguely remember something happened, yeah. but I can't remember who hopefully, it was. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we, we'll we'll have somebody call in that'll re- remind us what that was. Todd, thank you so much, man. Uh, appreciate you uh, hanging okay. with us and uh, all your good Thanks, thoughts. Chris. All right, let's see who else. Let's look at. Uh, we got five one oh four five one two is still spinning, so we might need you to call back five one two. Um, let's see. Let's grab uh, nine five one. You're on with Rebel Force Radio. Hello. Hi. Hello. Who's this? Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you just fine. This Who's is this? Noah from Southern California. Hold on, hold on a second, Noah. We got our, our Mixler chat. It was Kanan in the episode with the space whales. He oh, did a, he did a spacewalk yes. of some sort, and I think he was helmet. Uh, it wasn't the space whales. It, it was uh, Darth Maul threw him out of the uh, ship. Darth Maul threw him out of the ship. Darth Maul. Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you. I'm sorry. Who are we talking to? This is Noah from Southern California. Noah from SoCal. Welcome. What you got? Yep. I just wanted to say that I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I've always really liked all the Force stuff and, you know, from video games and stuff like that, being able to use crazy Force powers and stuff like that. Um, That really piqued my interest in this movie. Uh, Yeah, so, I mean, I like the only thing maybe that I had you know, a problem with the movie was uh, Haldo. I didn't really care for her character much, but well, I mean, they were I think she kind of redeemed her. herself with uh, flying into the Snoke space station. So, <laughs> you, you, you're saying you didn't like Haldo? Yeah, not really. Yeah, Just, I didn't uh, like her as either. As far as the acting and the character goes, but everything else in the movie, and that you know, that's not enough like hatred to uh, make me like not like the movie or something like that. Um. No, I I enjoyed it a lot. It was it was a fun time. I was I think I took fifteen people with me. Uh, my whole wow. family went, and everyone that I talked to, even like my mom, was like, "Oh, I need to go see that again." Like, I need I have a lot of questions that need answering and stuff. And you know, she just found out that Han died like not too long ago. So. Well, all right. Well, you got to let her down easy on the rest of this stuff because you know Han dies, then Carrie Fisher really dies, and now Luke's one with the Force and. Man, oh man, we yeah. hit hard as Star Wars fans. The Trekkies think they got a bad. They still got Shatner. <laughs> yeah, you know we've lost everybody. No, I was able to take my, uh, I was able to take my four-year-old or my five-year-old. He just turned five uh, to go see it. He fell asleep like a quarter of the way through. But oh, I'm going to take my five-year-old tomorrow. That's good to a, know. I'll it was take a fun an extra experience, pillow. though. Yeah, I'll take an extra pillow. That's the. Well, hey man, thank you so much. Appreciate the thoughts. Uh, glad that you found stuff to like about the movie. Um, I was... Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I, it was, I was surprised by a lot of stuff, but that's kind of what I went in uh Well, it's being savaged for, on Rotten Tomatoes right now by the so. fans. It's down below 60%. Uh, it's getting... Yeah, I know. It's a bummer. I think it's, I think the, it's being trolled. I think it's being erupting. trolled. Yeah. I think it's being the trolled. Whole, the whole theater the whole time was, like, super into it. There was clapping and cheering the whole time. Everyone was laughing at everything. I mean, it was a... Yeah. It seemed like the 200 people in my theater... 
all. You know, I, I have to be lot, honest. There but... was some of the humor that I felt was just it was just a, a smidge too. I hate to see it modern, but look at the at the. What are you going to do? I mean, you know, Star Wars is. It, it was, I think the humor has always been with the times, though, right? I you mean, know what? I you may be right. You may be right. It, it, the, the timelessness of Star Wars is one of those things that maybe it's relative because of, you know, when I saw it and 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 how it's informed entertainment moving forward. I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, Han, you know, uh, yeah, we're all fine here now. How <laughs> how are you? You know, I mean, that that's right out of sitcom. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's sitcom humor. Right. Um, the stormtrooper hitting his head, you know, going into the thing. Um, yeah, but that wasn't scripted. Well, that wasn't. I, that did, enjoy, I did enjoy Poe Dameron communicating with the bridge of the Star Destroyer. Yeah, and pretty funny. Hux yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, he's I'll like, how old? Yeah, I'm waiting for him. You know, he's, he's really angry, kind of pasty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then another moment uh, of of comedy, and I'm sure this, this moment is going to be uh, something pretty divisive amongst fans. Is uh, I, I thought it was a tribute to the original Star Wars fan film, Hardware Wars, when they showed you know steam and it looked like it was a ship landing, and they pull back and it's an iron, it's a droid ironing. Oh yeah. <laughs> Right, right. So I, I, I'm like, wow, a nod to hardware <laughs> they were, wars. I think they were ironing Kylo's uh, outfit because was that when the, the another droid was like giving him a haircut? Is that when he was topless? No, no, he was topless later. He was, t- you know, he needed a towel. Um, but the comedy was kind of all over the place. Uh, of course, uh, finding the uh, where blue milk originates from. Uh, <laughs> well, knowing that it, it starts out green. And then it probably turns blue during the pasteurizing process. Oh, I there, see how that works. Uh, before they okay. bottle it and give it to, uh, you know. <laughs> so that, was, that was greenish, you yeah, said. Okay. And, and, and uh, our, our buddy Billy Mac here, he keeps pointing out just the, the look that Luke has after he does that. He just has this maniacally <laughs> funny look, Bill. Well, I can't demonstrate this. Well, I guess it's kind of hard with the radio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it is an impish grin. Yeah, nodding a little bit, kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, check this out. You want some of this? <laughs> yeah. Does this look good to you? <laughs> what does Lando think of uh, blue milk? Well, um, oh, what, what? Does he have an uh, answer one, for one that? One more thing. <laughs> I was going to make something up, but that. <laughs> God, Star Wars fans know everything. <laughs> so All what right. does Lando think of blue milk? Hey, what, one more thing. Well, uh, oh, oh, hold on, hold on a second, Todd. Well, uh, um, I, I know the uh, the Ugnots. I don't know. Man. I, get out of here. Still, it has something to do with Ugnots. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? Your impersonation's getting worse all the time. Oh, hey, Todd. Thanks very much, man. Take care. Okay, we'll take a brief pause from the discussion to uh, check in with. The latest from our good friends at Nissan. Hey, Jason, you know for a while we've been talking about Nissan's amazing collaboration with Lucasfilm in support of Star Wars The Last Jedi. And we want you to visit NissanUSA.com slash Star Wars to see new Star Wars-inspired custom Nissans celebrating Kylo Ren, the TIE Fighter, and much more. These amazing custom Nissans can be seen at auto shows everywhere in 2018. They were even at the red carpet premiere for The Last Jedi. Here's what Gwendolyn Christie had to say when she spotted the amazing Captain Phasma Nissan Maxima on the red carpet. 
I think I've just seen the Captain Phasma car. I'm heavily into the merch, and I don't know what it is I have to do to get that car. But I would really like the car. <laughs> <laughs> to see all these sweet rides for yourself, visit NissanUSA.com slash Star Wars for pics and a schedule for all the auto shows featuring these great cars. Also be sure to check out Nissan's sponsored Star Wars Droid Repair Bay Virtual Reality Experience. Nissan's Star Wars Droid Repair Bay is the official virtual reality story by ILMX Lab connected to Star Wars The Last Jedi. In it, you repair BB-8 and his astromech droid friends so they can roll back into the fight against the First Order. Visit NissanUSA.com slash Star Wars to find out where you can see it now at select Nissan dealerships. Speaking of droids, you know throughout the Star Wars films, droids like R2 and BB-8 assist starship pilots like X-Wing pilots. And Nissan's intelligent mobility provides the same function to the Nissan driver with automatic emergency braking, blind spot warning, and Nissan's new ProPilot Assist. Find out about Nissan Intelligent Mobility, the new Star Wars-inspired custom Nissans, and of course, Nissan's Star Wars Droid Repair Bay Virtual Reality Story at NissanUSA.com slash Star Wars. That's NissanUSA.com slash Star Wars. Uh, let's see who else we got. Oh, I promised 512 we'd get him on here. I think we... Uh, we, we, we got you. Hey, five, one, two. Hey guys, it's uh, Matt from Austin. How are you doing today? Matt from Austin doing just fine. Excellent. I love the movie. I just was blown away by it. Uh, I'm not a big crier in movies, but there were a couple times in this movie I got hit seriously in the fields, you know? Uh, of course the biggest moment would be the moment between Luke and Leia. Mm. Just everything between the characters, between what, you know, really happened to Carrie and everything. That whole scene just. I'm almost crying about it right now, really. <laughs> it's yeah, so well, good. Certainly seeing the reunion, regardless of what mm-hmm. of Carrie Fisher living or, or, or dying, the reunion of Luke and Leia together with that John Williams music and giving her the, the, the dice. Um, yeah, absolutely. Very, very emotional moment and a, and a great moment for this movie. I, I don't think we're going to see her role being recast and have another no. actress come in and play her. I don't think we're going to see her being portrayed at all in episode nine. I predict episode nine will happen 10 years after this film, and it will feature the rise of the rebellion against the first order. And, um, the rebellion obviously needs time to rebuild. And, uh, during that period of time, maybe in the crawl, it will say, uh, you know, 10 years have passed since the Battle of Crete. The resistance is gone, but a new rebellion has risen in its place despite the passing of General Leia Organa five years ago. You know, it's, it'll be something like that. There'll be enough separation of time where it can just be accepted by fans that the character just simply passed away from natural causes. Yeah, this film is a breakup in a way. I said it was a divorce. It was It was a divorce of... Um, some of the good and, frankly, some of the bad of of the George era. Um, or maybe a return back to, as I said, this idea that, you know, out of obscurity can come, you know, great heroes and uh, and leaders as opposed to, you know, it all being about a bloodline and politics and this and that. What else hit you right there in the feels, as you said? Well, and 
then, you know, it's the scene of Luke, you know, at the end of the movie coming out to, you know, attack the AT-ATs. Like, I really thought we were going to see some, like, Force Unleashed stuff, you know, he's going to be blowing them away. I thought he he was going to smack two of those walkers' heads together like Moe, you know, like... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, but I mean, I think that the way it ended up with him, you know, with the force projection, I mean, that really proved, I think you guys said this earlier, but that really proved how like powerful he really was. For sure. For sure. I think that that was, um, that was one and, and smart, you know, not just, not, not just powerful, but that was a very tricky and smart thing to do. Um, and you know, as I think about it, yeah, he kind of picked, he took his cue, not just from yoda with the bonk on the head but also taking his cue from perhaps what snoke was doing to uh channel uh kylo and ray together right as well that may have been because it was sort of all leading to that that moment in a sense and i assume the only reason snoke was mind melding the two of them was just because he was trying to discover the whereabouts of luke skywalker clearly because that was his top priority with ray when she was confront you know when he was confronting her. He, I don't think he was considering turning her dark. I don't think he saw her as a threat. But no. he does say at one point, which I loved, he said, "This one has this one has the heart of a Jedi, and that's why she has to die." Oh yeah, you he know, did say that. Um, so, yeah. it's a very dialogue heavy film. Yeah, I mean, there's so much that. I mean, very strong lines that just kept coming at you one after another after another. And so it's taking a while for me to process. Obviously, it's going to take several viewings before I start being comfortable with the dialogue as far as knowing it. Right. And, one, and of our, one of our, our, our Mixler uh, chat room folks said there was a perfect opening for a Lando entrance when they put the distress signal out. Yeah, it wouldn't have been great in. if Lando could have flown in with Lobot. Now, Lando just left. He went to pick up uh, uh, Jimmy's younger son. But maybe <laughs> we could maybe we could find out what he might have said when he when he finally got on an intercom to tell uh, General Leia that he's there. His his Lando is very accurate, but his improv skills <laughs> are a little weak. So I might have to text well, we'll, him we'll, we'll so he can think him. of some. Yeah, we'll script him some lines. <laughs> Poor Lando. <laughs> Too much Cole 45, I believe. All right, man. Thank you so much for calling. Appreciate it very much. Glad you enjoyed the film and uh, that it got you right there in the uh, in the feels, as you say. Uh, let's see. Five, six, three. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Five, six, three. Tell us about The Last Jedi. Yeah, I'm here. Are you guys here? Can you yes, hear me? No? Yes, we can hear you. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me, guys? <laughs> All right. Well Sorry. played, Paul. Well played. Uh, are we there? Are we there? No, I can't. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. Anyways, I'm from Iowa. All right, Iowa. Awesome. You got Midwest. the movie out there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm teasing. Exactly. God almighty. I sound like a New Yorker or a Chicagoan. <laughs> right. Oh. All right. Well, yeah. I love the movie. So brought my ten year old daughter. She absolutely loved it too. Oh, good! That was cool mm-hmm. to see. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, I just want you guys read the book, uh, the La- the um, Legends of Luke Skywalker, right? Absolutely no? not. No, I didn't. You know what? I haven't gotten around to that one either. You know, they they released oh. several books. It seems like you know, with about a two week window in between them. And uh, unfortunately, I missed that Luke Skywalker one. I have the audio book version of it. Is do you recommend it? Yeah, actually, there is a story in there that has the tide. They talk about this thing called the tide. He goes to another far distant planet looking for more answers for the Force, and he comes to this ancient civilization called the Tide. In the very beginning of the movie, when Ray is falling around Luke, she's uh, kind of wondering what he's doing day to day, and he jumps on that big stick and flies over to the other side mm-hmm. and then kills that fish. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah. That is... 
that is actually a way bigger story of what he learned about the tide of what they believe the force is. And I wish they would have hit on that. If you guys don't know about it, then I can't really go too much into it. But yeah, unfortunately, really interesting. It's, it's such a new book that you know, not only haven't we read it, I I believe a majority of our audience hasn't read it either. So I'm a little wary of spoilers. But um, I, yeah, I like I, that I, that you've. It's called the Legend of Luke Skywalker, isn't that the the title that of the is book? Correct. Oh, so I'm gonna I'm that gonna give correct. that one a spin here. I think over the holidays because what you're telling me is that this does expand on some of the things we actually see in the Last Jedi. So uh, oh yeah. Yeah, I, I really thought that was a very uh, striking moment there when he he, he uh, propelled himself over to the other side of the cliff uh, with that stick and then ended up using the stick as a, a spear to catch that fish. I, I thought that was just a great moment. And the, I thought the movie was filled with little moments like that. Just these little yeah, moments. And it was, it, to me, that shook me because I'm like, oh, sweet, they're going to go more into the tide that Luca learned. And then they didn't. I mean, they really didn't go into what Luke. Luke learned from this entire ancient civilization well, that's that what uses the, books the tide. Are for, I think we call the force. Yeah, I think that's so what, that, what the books are for for sure, and uh, it'll probably yeah. be something that will be expanded upon, you know, even more in a, a later novel. Yeah, I guess uh, one one other thing. I guess I wanted to ask you guys: Do you think that with Episode Nine now coming, does this kind of go into? There's enough time to get only nine, or are they going to Disney is going to go into the ri- original Lucas wanted twelve? movie i think there's always potential for that but i don't think that's part of their game plan right now i think maybe bringing back whichever characters survive this trilogy you know i I think bringing them back 20 30 years from now i don't think it's going to be that long I, i i think that we could be looking at a return perhaps after ryan johnson's trilogy you know um i don't think they're going to make us wait that long um I think that the the wait time was more about not so much about anything artistic that was being done on purpose. I think it was really about George's schedule. Yeah, and, you know, well, of course. You of know, course. I, so I don't know if there's any magic in the ten years or twelve years or whatever the the lag time is. Um, but I, I I would like to say that they're going to continue them. A lot's going to depend on this this Ryan Johnson trilogy. I also think a lot's going to depend on. You know, what happens with the Star Wars standalone, the Star Wars stories, and, and whether they're going to continue with that. The I just saw today that the rumors of the Obi-Wan film are starting to heat up again. Big time. Big time. So um, we might mm-hmm. be on the heels of an announcement. Uh, maybe by the time the Han Solo movie comes out, we'll get an announcement about... The hottest rumor right now is that uh, it will go in front of cameras in 2019. Okay. So wow. an yeah. announcement is pending, and it'll mm-hmm. probably happen... Maybe in this period here between uh, uh, the, the Last Jedi and the Solo film, you know, could be I, I, because I, I think the timing would be right on something like that, or it would be sometime after the Solo film is released. Yeah, yeah. All right, hey man, uh, thank, uh, yeah. Please go ahead. You got one more thought? Oh, uh, one more thing. Yeah, well, I just want your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. Did you guys go into it when you watched the movie? And I, this is just a one takeaway I took away, and I I just wanted more of it. I wanted to see Luke really dig into a couple more things that he learned in between these periods of time from last time we, well, before, I guess before The Force Awakens and until now, because obviously he learned a lot more. I was really hoping he was going to show Ray a little bit more. That was my only disappointment with the movie. Mm. But other than that, I just, I just I really was... wanted him to spend a little more time on it. I, I, I tend to agree with you there. I, I thought that um, 
the uh, when he set up the three lessons, I was really stoked about that. I thought, oh, that's going to provide some really great stuff to talk about. But the training, you know, kind of went off off the rails. Uh, he yeah. sensed something in Ray, and, and I guess it's it's fair to talk a little bit about that. What was it that he sensed in Ray? And my take on it was that Ray is, was so desperate for answers. And she also wasn't really all that well schooled in the light versus the dark. She's she's so un untrained mm-hmm. that she's going to, you know, it's like magnets attracting each other. You know, she doesn't know what polarity or what pole it is. She's just going to go to to what's pulling her mm-hmm. in, in in a search for answers. But Luke was really alarmed at the fact that she was heading into that cave without giving it any thought. Right. She's just diving right into the darkness. and uh, Literally. Yes, literally. Mm -hmm. So I think Luke believed that if she had continued training under his watch, that she would just continue to dive deeper into the darkness with more knowledge and training, thus making her extremely dangerous. Right. And another Kylo. You know, once bitten, twice shy. Right. And... And now we know, now we know what, what was the real trauma that Luke had with Kylo. Yeah. Isn't so much that he lost Kylo. The real trauma is that moment that he had with him in his tent. The moment he of hesitation. almost took his life. Yeah. He, he, I think Luke believes he should have. Luke is like, why did I hesitate? It was a fleeting emotional I, is moment. Is that what you got? See, well, I got the opposite. I I got that he was so disappointed with himself and embarrassed that he almost did it. Well, I bet I bet he looks at it both ways. I'm sure he carries the weight well, of, of both emotions. Well, I mean, what Bill was just saying uh, on the previous show. I don't, I don't know if it made the show, but he was saying, you know, there's been philosophical studies and talks about that. What if you could go back in time? You know, Hitler was a baby. Would you, if you had an opportunity to take Hitler out in the mm-hmm. baby carriage? Would you do it? You're still murdering a baby. Right. You know, and he was still going to be murdering his nephew, his sister's child, his best friend's child. I a mean, person he was trusted to care for. Right. And teach and train. How would he ever explain that to Leia? Yeah. And he certainly couldn't keep yeah, it I'll, from her. Yeah, I'll go point, guys. I'm going to drop off oh, here. All right. All right. <laughs> all right, buddy. All right. <laughs> all right. We laid care, a line. Great show. All right. Thanks so much. There's so much to think about, so much to process and 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 discuss. But uh, I, I, boy, oh boy, I, I do not want, I do not want to say that. Wow, this has made me realize that you know the Force Awakens was all fluff because it wasn't. I dearly love the movie. We had it on outside the studio here as we were gearing up for this, and I had just there's certain things, there's just parts of it I could just watch over and over and over again, and I. I love the first time we meet Ray, and I love when we're meeting Finn and and Poe and everybody. But this, the amount of discussion and the doors that this movie opens, I think, as a as a vehicle for discussion, is just it doesn't even compare. Yeah, you're it right. Even compare. And it also tied up some threads here. Mm-hmm. You know, some loose ends were tied up. Yeah. Um, obviously, ultimate fates for many characters: Phasma, Snoke, Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean. Uh, those are those are some big characters, and uh, and yet with Luke going out the way he did, with Yoda reminding us that he's still the same Skywalker that's always looking off on the horizon, staring off into the future. The Luke we were introduced to in A New Hope 
we were introduced to him as he was staring at the twin sunset setting and he was longing for something different for himself, something that would matter more to him in life. We're with the same Luke Skywalker at the end of The Last Jedi. He's still looking off in that horizon, but what he's looking off into is not an adventure here in the physical plane, but he's looking off to an existence within the light side of the force. You'll be coming one with the force. That's his next adventure. So yeah. he sees those his twin next sunsets. step into the larger world. Right. right? So he's going off on yet another oh, adventure. Sheldon's got a thought here. We Hold got on. our official videographer, Sheldon Norton. <laughs> or if, is he just thinking, I should have just stayed on the farm. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I want to go back to my happy place. Maybe, but it was not his happy place, the farm. He was right. miserable there. And he put himself in exile on Octu, and he was miserable there. He was more miserable because he also had the burden of guilt weighing on him. So he needed a departure from the physical plane and to become one with the Force and go on yet another adventure. And I think we will see the return of Luke Skywalker in Ep 9. I think he'll appear to Rey as a Force ghost and continue her training. Maybe Yoda will come back too. Yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, Sheldon's son Chase was here and he said, do you think at the end of 9 we'll get an all-star lineup of Force ghosts, you know, from <laughs> from Yoda, Anakin, uh, uh, you know, uh, Luke, Obi-Wan, you know, I think they're trying to get a little bit more years on Ewan McGregor before he can go in and really do the Guinness, the, <laughs> the Guinness thing, but uh, anyway, all right, let's see, we got some more callers here, uh, some folks have been waiting a long time, how about 650? Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, Al- Alex from California here. Hey, Alex. Alex. Uh, yeah. Hey, first things first, I want to thank you guys so much for, uh, for doing what you guys do. Oh, uh, this you. first time caller. So, um, thank you. Much appreciated. When we got out of the show last night, <laughs> I, I didn't really have time to talk with my friends. So, uh, I just wanted you to know, like last night, your, uh, your show really helped me out kind of get out of my head a little bit. Cause we got a lot. Yeah. Th- well, that's movie. why we did the show last night. We had to get out of our own heads. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, and we wouldn't do it if we didn't think anybody was going to be listening. So thank you for listening <laughs> to our, uh, our talk, because whether you realize it or not, you're a participant in that stuff. So thank you. Well, yeah. And yeah, um, there was so much in this movie. It was hard for me to process it. And um, I kind of agree with a lot of things that have been said, and I, I kind of grew up in the prequel generation, so I'm not used to being so taken for such a ride, you know? And I, I just want you guys, I, I wanted to get your opinion, because I know you guys are old school, so you, you were there, at least Jimmy Mag, I know you were there for Empire. Oh, yeah. Um, I was there how for does, how the does, original, too. But. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy was there for the Ten Commandments. <laughs> the Charlton Heston. I loved him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you meant Moses Day, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he did. <laughs> but go ahead, go but ahead, you were saying? I'd like yeah, I'd like to pick your guys' brain. Um, how does the twist and turn compare to that original, you know, shock of of the reveal of Vader being Luke's father? Well, I've said many times that, that I spoiled that reveal for myself by looking at the novelization for Empire by uh, Donald F. Glut at uh, the Walden Books, and then I read the whole novel before I uh, saw the movie. So uh, that's yeah, when I yeah. that's when I established a, st- a, a, a no spoiler policy, 
And, uh, <laughs> I mean, going all the way back to 1980. I don't think we called them spoilers back then. <laughs> I just, I know too much. I was yelling and screaming. But um, I'll tell you what, uh, this movie, uh, it, it, it had twists and turns that I couldn't predict. Uh, I'd never felt that I knew where things were going. Um, at the very beginning of the film, uh, with the whole hyperspace, tracking them through hyperspace, of course, I jumped to a, a bunch of conclusions. I thought maybe one of those BB droids on board the Resistance ship was sending information back to the First Order. or Spy droid. Or, you know, I think we both thought that uh, Holdo was uh, a double agent of some sort. But uh, it was just... It was just first order technology. That's all it was. So when that happened, I was like, "Ooh, I better not try to stay ahead of everything here because I'm going to end up being really wrong and messed up by the time this thing's over. Um, Probably the thing that I I might I'm, I'm trying to determine what I found most shocking about this film. And I don't know if it's shocking, but it's just I keep seeing. In my mind, that image of Luke sitting on the rocks, fading away, and then his cloak just floating off into the sea. I, that, that doesn't come as a shock to me, but it is a shock because here we are finally witnessing the death of Luke Skywalker. Something we've been talking about for years. And, and to have that fulfillment of knowing his story has been told... Um, and seeing that image over and over again in my mind, it just promotes a real bittersweet sort of emotion within me. Um, not not so much shock, just it's like a bittersweet emotion. What about you, Jason? Yeah. Was there anything? That, yeah, that's... What was the thing that shocked you the most about this movie? The the shock was flying Leia. <laughs> I thought finally it <laughs> was, was shocking shock. because it was. it was just so out of the ordinary. It really was. Um, the shock was that they – I had heard rumors going back to The Force Awakens that J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan passed the buck on making the final call on who Ray's parents were. Right. That they, that it, they, they had no idea. They wanted to leave it up to the next person. And so the fact that they just owned it and said, you know what, we're not going there. She's not a Kenobi. She's not a Skywalker. She's out of obscurity. But that, that to me was a shock. I thought going in there, they were still going to try to find some way. In fact, when she's in the cave and she's revealed that she's like her own parent, I thought, oh, there we go. She was conceived by the Force, maybe birthed physically by Leia as some sort of a secret we were going to find out and it was going to be very convoluted. I'm really glad to me. It's cleaner. It's much cleaner. Go on. Sheldon Sheldon. Sheldon has something to say about this here. They couldn't have chose, uh, chosen a more impactful um, answer to the question. Who is raised parents? It's in, in its initial thought, it's probably the most mundane, but it's the most tragic. It's the most heartbreaking. I dare you to go back and watch the scene where uh, little Ray is being pulled from her parents. And I dare you to listen to that scream and um, be honest about its impact. Like, it is absolutely horrific now what has happened to her. And uh, it's all the more meaningful. I, 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 I totally agree. I totally agree. I think that it brings it to a really relatable level. 
you know, and that's what I mean. It, I mean, relatable in the terms of the, the, that you, you see that kind of thing happening in our own real world. You know, that's that's what I mean. And, and to to bring it that aspect of it, that abandonment issue down to earth, and yet out of that tragedy rises this you know potential leader, this hero, this person who is so strong. Um, I think it's a great message. It's a great above anything else. I am so excited to take my kids to this because I think there's such great messaging in this movie. Truly. I was uh, so Ray's parents were a bunch of drunks who sold her for beer money. So if you go back and watch The Force Awakens in that force back sequence Mm -hmm. when uh, little Ray is there with Unkar Plunk. Come back. (laughs) Quiet girl. You notice that as the ship is taking off, it's swerving in its lane back and forth. It's just... <laughs> think and they... it's got a yellow license plate yeah. with red numbers on it, so you know. <laughs> they got they got pulled over in the upper atmosphere of the planet. You know, her dad had to walk the line and do breathalyzer tests. Uh, but we but we digress. Um, the, the original question was, you know, what 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 the caller had talked about. You're still with us, right, caller six five zero. Yeah, still here. Okay. Still here. What's your name again? Alex. Alex, that's right. So what Alex was saying, is there anything that, you know, really compares to uh, this this ride? And, Jim, you mentioned that um, you had spoiled it for yourself. Um, I think that, um, you know, just I, I didn't grow up with the big I, – I knew. I mean, by the time I was old enough to understand the I am your father was, was part of the, you know, popular culture – Right. Vernacular. It was confirmed in in Return of the Jedi, but um, this one, I think, you know, go, going back to the prequels, I think that there was a time when George really believed that he could obscure the Sidious Palpatine <laughs> thing enough. Because I, I, I think even in the credits, Sidious is is listed as question mark. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, that. No way. Um, I got to go back and look at that. Yeah, too. I think in the credits of Phantom Menace, Darth Sidious is a question mark. Um, I think he believed at one time he could do it, but McDiarmid is just so unmistakable, you know. Right. Uh, in both roles, I and think they use they the same trying, music. I mean, yeah, I think they were trying. I, but I do believe that George in Phantom Menace was trying to leave that as some sort of big mystery. I'll never figure this out. <laughs> I got him pulling the wool over their eyes. You'll see. But but the prequels never lent themselves to any big shock. It was I'm telling you the prequels right. was like watching the Titanic sink. And I don't say that as a as a as a as a commentary on the quality of the films. But I mean we knew what the ending was going to be. There was not a lot of room for mm-hmm. surprise. Yeah, yeah. In Titanic, yeah. you know that ship's going down. Right. In uh, the prequels, uh, I opened up myself to a little bit more of the spoiler territory leading up to Ep three. Revenge of the Sith, because I was so convinced, well, I know how it's going to end. I know how it's going to end. All the pieces have to be in place for the next trilogy. With this, it was just pure mystery all along, you know, and uncharted territory. And uh, and it was I I think this film is a real adventure to sit there and watch it. And, uh, you know, um, I'm I'll admit I'm I'm still just kind of in awe and shock uh, with the reviews, that's the thing that's shocking me the most. Are the fan is the fan reaction? It seems very demanding of fandom to expect the film to mirror the fans' online conversations, or they want it to be something that it isn't. Sheldon, you had a thought. I have an analogy. Um, 
in uh, psychology, psychiatry, whatever, when someone, or even therapy, when someone's trying to make a lot of change in their life, a better change, ironically, the people who resist it the most are always the immediate family. And they don't, they they Mm. do things to try and stop the change, hinder the change. They want to see them regress back into their old habits because that way it's easier for them to keep doing what they're doing. Star Wars has to grow. It's taken an incredibly large step into uh, a new maturity, and the family members—they're ah, not—they're not there yet. So I think just they need time. They need time, and uh, meanwhile, every kid on the planet is having a party, which is <laughs> kind of funny. But then the rest of us are like the rest of these family members, the older family members. Having a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to imagine the challenge of a J.J. or a Ryan Johnson to make a Star Wars movie in a time where Star Wars is such a thing. Right. I mean, George had the benefit in a way of having this this singular vision. Um, and even when he, when he opened up the prequel, Star Wars was was obviously huge. But the nostalgia uh, flame was starting to. To, to grow again and the toys were back on the shelves but to step in in ryan johnson's position and try to create something um at a time when star wars is so part of our you know our world our popular culture that's a tall order for someone to do and not be so self-referential about it and it's it's, it's a huge challenge i think what he was up against no in order to create something new he has to take a square peg and fit it into a round hole mm-hmm. and uh so that's where the problems come from I, I i find it interesting to note that people were ecstatic over the force awakens upon emerging from the theater but as we noted over the course of the weeks and months that followed it, the criticism started to become more pointed mm-hmm. and more clear and louder. I wonder if we're going to see a different opposite reaction here where we're noticing a lot of the hardcore fans coming out of the theater are saying, oh, my God, the Star Wars film was so different, so weird and didn't add up the way I thought it would. And, you know, so I'm going to give it a bad Rotten Tomatoes rating, you know, but let's see. In the weeks and months that follow, after people who've gotten a few more viewings under their belts, read things like the visual dictionary, immerse themselves in the story more, perhaps some of the character motivations and motivations of the storytellers themselves will become a little more clear and people will be able to accept this for what it is as far as being an installment of the story. Hey, Alex, we kind of left you there. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to add? Oh, no. I, well, I really agree with what Jimmy Mack just said about just it, it's going to take a few more viewings. I mean, 599, or sorry, 499 more. You, you got know? it. You got it. But, uh, you know, I'm actually on my way to go see it again right oh, now. All right. So uh, if, you, if you hear any car noises, that, that's what I'm doing. Okay. But, um, yeah. <laughs> At least it's not but, you know, my Yeah. I think part of the reason I felt so empty a little bit afterwards, I mean, so full of Star Wars, because we got a new movie, longest Star Wars movie. It's great. But I also felt a little bit of emptiness and a longing for, you know, just more. Because this is, I mean, we just reached the end of a two-year-long period that was so much fun, full of speculation and anticipation. And now that we have it, it's, 
Um, it did wrap things up, Alex. I think I think that you 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 said something. You just said what uh, Jimmy was talking about in the in our initial show after seeing the film was that he felt like this was more like a duology uh, as opposed to a, right. a, a trilogy. That and, and that's another indication why I yeah. believe the next episode will take place with a significant cushion of time between the end of this episode. Mm. And the beginning of Ep Nine, I think there's going to be, uh, like I said, I'm for some reason I feel a decade. A, a decade would work because, of course, the actors would still be, you know, their appearance still works within that time frame, and uh, you know, with minimal uh, makeup or whatever. Um, you know, I, I I think that's what we're going to be dealing with here, and it helps wrap up the uh, sticky issue of uh, no Leia anymore, mm-hmm. and uh, and I I think that's uh, something, and it also gives JJ another fresh start in a way, you know, yeah. where it gives he has yeah. the benefit of time to where then he can change things that make them happen during that period of time right. to suit his needs for the final installment of the saga. Alex, thanks so much, buddy. I hope you have a good time on that second viewing. Nice, too. All right, buddy. Take care. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. Uh, Jim, something that Alex mentioned was, you know, he's feeling a little um, he's feeling a little empty because two years of, of speculation. Yeah. And w- we kind of have our answers now. Mm-hmm. What's left to be what's left to be handled in episode nine? Well, obviously, the first order still reigns supreme and that has to be dealt with. The, the saga is not going to wrap up with Kylo sitting. Well, you know what? Hey, you never know. I mean, geez, you never know. It might set up then Ryan Johnson's trilogy. But I, I doubt that that's the way it's going to go. I think what we're going to see in Episode Nine is uh, the rise of a new rebellion, the return of the Jedi Knights. and Because Luke foreshadows that. The whole movie, he's saying the Jedi have to end. The name of the movie is The Last Jedi. And so we thought we'd see a full-on wiping out of the Order. But Luke comes around and declares Rey to be the next Jedi. So with that prediction... He he says to Kylo, he says, you're wrong about all of that. Yeah, right. I'm not the last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. That was a great moment right there. And it, it made things really crystal clear for me on where this trilogy is heading and how it will wrap up. And it will wrap up with the return of the Jedi Knights, the rise of, um, of justice in the galaxy with the abolishment of the First Order via a new rebellion that will be fueled by those who are inspired by the story of Luke. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think the old me... And and my when I say the old me, the old the, the me before I saw the Last Jedi, if you would have, because <laughs> I really do. You feel, mean you twenty four hours ago? Yeah, okay. I really feel that. I, I, this sounds so corny, but I feel like I grew. Okay, so Star Wars: The Last Jedi like takes the fans and kind of like stretches us a little bit, and rather than resist and break, mm-hmm. I went with it and I stretched with it. Yeah, and I even thought that the having the little like the old me would have thought the idea of having a Luke Skywalker makeshift Luke Skywalker action figure in a Star Wars mm-hmm. movie, I would have thought that was ridiculous. As if this is crazy. The new me, the post Last Jedi me, is thrilled with that. I just love that. I love it. I love it. I love that. That. In universe, you know, Luke is a hero. Look, we saw that in the opening crawl of Episode Three. You know, um, 
and I think it was maybe even in the novelization where um, or, or George had talked about that, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan and their adventures in the Clone Wars was something that was of talk was of legend. Yeah. They were known throughout the galaxy as the heroes. Uh, bunch of Obi-Wan was the negotiator nonsense. and Anakin was on whatever. They had nicknames and all this. So it, it does make sense in that context. And and so Luke is going to become perhaps that spark that they keep talking about. Um that he's going to motivate and and inspire in universe the way he did for the last forty years out of the universe and our world inspired us as as fans and as people. Um, so that's that is I think a very very uh, cool way to have influence or Star Wars influence Star Wars. <laughs> People are lining up for Star Wars, and everybody is uh, excited, especially the Rebel Force Radio podcast. Yeah, those podcasts are great. i got to get this podcast. Your source for the Force. We do want to thank our sponsors, the great folks at Stance. We're teaming up with Stance to tell you about these amazing new Star Wars socks that are available Stance, in collaboration with Lucasfilm, has introduced its Holiday Star Wars collection. This Holiday Star Wars collection features casual and performance-style socks, along with three pairs of men's boxer briefs. The men's casual collection features iconic graphics, as well as new characters from Star Wars The Last Jedi. In addition to their men's and kids' styles, the brand introduces women's styles for all the fangirls out there. And... Stance is known for embracing the uncommon thread as its mantra, and they've turned one of the most boring accessories, socks, into its most exciting. So you got to check it out. The Star Wars Collection box sets from Stance, you choose from the light side or the dark side, or their exclusive 12-pack featuring all your favorite characters with a hidden 13th character that us hardcore Star Wars fans all know. And you can choose collections featuring Rogue One, The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, The Force Awakens, A New Hope, and the 40th anniversary collection featuring the original characters in toy form. How cool is that? Very cool, Jason. And as a matter of fact, we gave away some Stance Star Wars collection socks at the Rebel Force Radio opening night event for Star Wars The Last Jedi. And one of the lucky winners... Christopher, who's on Twitter at no one is Chris, has a great picture of himself after he won a Stance Star Wars gift box at the event, and he's holding it there in the photo uh, that we retweeted on the Rebel Force Radio Twitter account. And you can see he's got socks featuring R2D2, Luke Skywalker, X-wing pilot, and the Tie pilot, and uh, he's going to have his full review of Star Wars: The Last Jedi at his website, no one is listening along with a recap of the Chicago premiere with Rebel Force Radio. So be sure to check out nooneislistening.org. But most importantly, visit stance.com slash rebelforceradio to check out all that Stance has to offer in their Star Wars collection. Amazing socks and so much more at stance.com slash rebelforceradio. Okay, we got a couple more calls here we want to get to. Thank you for being patient with us. Uh, let's go to 314. 314, you're on with Rebel Force Radio. Jimmy Mack and Jason talking The Last Jedi. Hello there. Hey, guys. Kale, this is Kale from uh, St. Louis. Can you hear me? Kale from St. Louis. How are you? Good, man. How are you guys doing? Wonderful. It's a Wonderful. fun uh, new, new Star Wars movie weekend, right? Yes. Yes, it is. It is. What are your thoughts? <laughs> well, my thoughts, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, my initial reaction was to be... Yeah, kind of sad and a little bit grieving that like my childhood hero has kind of uh, 
gone to be one with the force. And, you know, I was not really expecting that in this movie, honestly. Um, but I think they did it in a really cool way. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it was, it was again, sad, but he, he had a great, a great show in there at the end of the movie being awesome. Luke Skywalker. I think we all kind of wanted to see Luke do some pretty cool stuff. And it seems like he did. Yeah, he did. Um, he delivered. Yeah. He did deliver. No, I just had a couple of thoughts, um, and I kind of wanted to see what you know what you guys think about it. Um, firstly, I I think I think Kylo Ren may have been lying to Ray about what he saw. Um, really, I, I tend to uh, I tend to accept that. Seeing... I accept it on face value. When when Vader when Vader said to Luke, "I am your father," I was convinced for three years he was lying. I was absolutely convinced, and I was a little shocked <laughs> when I got the validation via Yoda that Vader was Luke's father. So I'm taking this on face value. I don't think it's a misdirect. I don't think it's Kylo lying to Ray or trying to cover something up. I I think it's legit. And I think that's part of the thing that has fueled Kylo's rage with Ray to begin with is because she is a nobody. Someone on the chat just said it's the mm-hmm. Sith who tell the truth. It's the Jedi who lie. Well, and there the is, Sith deal in absolute. Oh, so. there, is, there is some truth to that. I mean, you know, from a certain point of view, all of that jazz. Um, you know, Dooku was being pretty straight with Obi-Wan in episode two. He sure was. Yeah, He told it like it was. Um, Vader told Luke the truth. Yep. Um, and in a way, Palpatine was somewhat honest with Anakin about the, the, the dogma of the Jedi and how it does hold you back. I, I'm not saying that he's, you know, some hero, certainly not. What you do with the truth is really more important than the truth itself. Um, but as far as if we're looking for truthiness, I think that the, 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 the bad guys have a better reputation of being, uh, more truthy than, um, Certainly than um, the Jedi. We got Billy Mac coming back into the studio. Bill, what do you th- what do you think? Do you think the uh, the Jedi or the the Sith or the or the the bad guys tend to be more truthful? Hmm. Uh, the caller was saying that he thinks that uh, Kylo is perhaps lying to Ray about her parents. He's still holding out hope that her parents are something uh, something important. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, are there? I mean, I don't think he's lying. Um, but are the bad guys more truthful? That's an interesting question. I think. I think. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example where they are caught in lies. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know that I can come up with one. But I think that that's always um, the tempt. You know, that might, might play into the tempting aspect of uh, the dark side. Is that it? It uses truth. To appeal to uh, people's emotions and desire for right. the truth, right? It's almost as if uh, the, the Jedi Order was, you know, they, they they didn't allow things like attachments. It was like they were trying to shut themselves, you know, as 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 human beings, they're trying to shut themselves off. Or and I shouldn't say human beings; they're not all human beings, but you know what I mean. Um, they're trying to shut certain parts of their emotional life down, turn it off. Um, not live with any passion. Uh, that is a super. I think that's an artificial way to live, Jason. I think I have an instance of uh, when the uh, Sith might have been caught telling a fib or uh, stretching the truth a little bit. I uh, think when Sidious told Anakin. 
that he was responsible for Padme's death. I mean, oh. that could be a certain point of view kind of thing. I, it seems in your anger <laughs> you killed her. Yeah, but I, 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 what evidence is there to suggest well, that it wasn't? She died of true. a broken heart. Yeah, and who and broke her heart? Anakin broke her heart. So he so killed her. Okay, there we go. Okay, there we go. All right. So the Sith they never lie. The Sith are the most honest cats in the galaxy. All right, right. they'll never steer you wrong. I cannot tell a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, what else? Yeah. You, you got anything uh, else for us here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, back on, on the Kylo lying, I think it, whether he's lying or telling the truth, if, if he's telling the truth, I think it's a bold move and, and a, a really cool move, kind of one that I don't think a lot of people maybe expected was for her to have a lineage that really wasn't tied to anything we know of in the Star Wars galaxy. And I... So I'm like, I'm not upset one way or the other, but I just kind of wondered what you guys had thought about the uh, possibility of him lying. But I did have one other thought, and then I'll get off the line and make room yep. for someone else. But I really liked how, um, you know, The Last Jedi, it felt like the movie really brought some of, some mysticism into the movies. Uh, the mysticism of the Force and kind of the, the, the light side and the dark side. With some of the stuff that Luke was saying to Ray when they were uh, training on the mountainside, but even just... You know, that scene with her when she kind of goes down into that cave thing, it, it just seemed kind of not – it wasn't out of place in, in terms of the other movies, but it was definitely unlike anything we'd ever seen before in a Star Wars movie. And I thought that it was really cool that they explored that deeply in a film some of the mysticism where I, maybe they hadn't. And, you know, especially in the, the Force Awakens, it didn't seem to have a ton of the – mystical aspects of the force um but yeah in, in large part i really enjoyed the film and you know thanks for letting me talk to you guys it's a, a, a great treat oh thank you it's all the pleasure's all here on this side of the phone thank you very much uh all right we got bill he's in uh for jimmy jimmy had to step away so bill we're gonna go to uh area code 518 all right. see what they have to say hello 518 you're on rebel force radio you got billy mac and jason Hey, Billy. Hey, <laughs> this is Derek doing, from man? New Jersey. All right, Derek. So, uh, yeah, thanks for the show. I, I, I left the theater really feeling like, like I really enjoyed the film and also felt some disappointment. And I think I'm trying, I think I'm finally understanding what the disappointment is. I'm curious if you guys feel this too. Yeah, lay it on us. So, I. I, obviously, I mean, I think the key the key part of my disappointment is that Luke is Luke is gone right after we saw him, you know, kicking spectral butt <laughs> and crate spectral butt. But, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so much of what what Luke you know has been leaving Return of the Jedi was that he was the one to bring Vader back to the light. And what I'm left thinking is that Luke is what put Kylo to the dark, right? Mm. That's sort of the story that was just told in this film that, you know, Ray kind of says it too, that Kylo's path wasn't determined yet. And then, you know, when he wakes up to see his uncle about to cut him in half, yeah. uh, the dark side kind of took over. Well, so, well she does say you think she, about that. she's chasing Luke, you know, I think in the rain and she's saying, did you create Kylo Ren? Did you create Kylo Ren? Yeah. And, I, I I think Luke is like I, I don't know <laughs> I don't know if I did. <laughs> um, but uh, 
yes, I, I mean, he redeemed Vader, um, but yet perhaps was the the catalyst for Kylo going to the dark. I, I think that is, I think Kylo is really the big mystery now at this point. And is, you know, how much of this is Kylo's own, you know, machinations, manipulations, and how much of is, is Kylo just uh, a, a uh, to quote a Bond movie, a, a, you know, just a kite flapping in the, in the breeze, in the wind, you know, how much is he a, a victim mm-hmm. of circumstance and how much is he actually taking control? Um, and was he really teetering on the bridge of, uh, uh, you know, on, on the verge of, of turning multiple times in the film that we observed? I like to think he was. I like to think the guy is. I don't think he has the answers. I think he's just as much in, in a quest as as Ray is. He's young. He's impetuous. He doesn't truly understand his own feelings. He's now been betrayed by two masters in his mind. You know, we have to think about his perspective, his point of view, and in his mind, he's been betrayed and nearly killed by his two masters. So he sees in Ray an ally, and and in a lot of ways, I think what happens there is what would have likely happened had Vader turned on Palpatine earlier in in Return of the Jedi. He still would have reached his hand out and said, "Okay, Luke, now you and I, this is it. Right. Let's rule the galaxy together." So there was some there was some callbacks to that. There was also some callbacks uh, to. Anakin tempting Padme uh, with the, you know, now we can make the galaxy what we want it to be or whatever. And and of course, Vader and Luke, you know. Yeah, of course. Right. Vader and Luke. So um, but I I really thought the relationship between uh, Kylo Ren and Rey, that was one of the most, I thought, compelling and well done, well paced, believable um, relationships on screen, even though they didn't really share much you know, a whole lot of screen time together. I mean, they kind of did because of the way it was cut. I just thought that the whole thing was just done so well. It, I just, I went along with it. I went along with every twist and every turn of of that relationship. Hmm. I really liked it. Did you think that a romance would develop between the two of them? I still think it's possible. Yeah, wow. I wow. still think it's possible. Jim, you seem pretty much on the on the side of irredeemable. He's not coming Well, at back. this point, yeah, at this point. Whereas absolutely. I think there's still I think there's still hope for Kylo. I don't know. I think uh he's there's just he's all rage. Mm-hmm. And he's not willing to you know, he wants to destroy the past, meaning he wants to put everybody and everything in his life behind him and move forward and dominate. Mm-hmm. And uh so w- w- with him so fueled by that desire to be a dominant force, he throws everything away. He's not going to trust anybody. Anymore. There's no bringing Kylo Ren back. Well, I don't know. I don't know. And ben I mean, Solo back. There's just none. You know, There's I none. just. But I think about Luke's final words to Leia. Uh, you know, after he says, "I can't save him," and then she goes, "I know he's never coming back," and he says, "You know," he kind of corrects her and says, "But no one's truly gone." So he's saying I can't save her, but I'm not uh, save him, but I'm not going to say that no one can, right? Or that right. he's not savable, leaving the door yeah. open for Ray. That that could be foreshadowing. But uh, what else you got, Jersey? I think that that will be a struggle 
in the next film. Yeah, well, this is all related, but the one section of the film that we haven't really talked about, I haven't heard you guys talk about yet, was that unbelievable scene right after they, right after Kylo takes out Snoke. We get that big samurai duel in Snoke's chamber. That was a highlight um, of the film. Which is just worth the, <laughs> oh, man, was yeah, it the Praetorian amazing, guards. But, Finally, we have some royal yeah, guards who do stuff. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was awesome. For sure. But what do you guys think? Do you think, was that was that Ben Solo? In that scene, or was that Kylo? No, I mean, that was Ray Kylo. That was Ben, and he responds. That was Kylo. He was Kylo sort of, Ren. There he had no been Kylo Ren. turned a little bit at that point. I, I don't, I don't think that you've got the duality or the, the 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 death of one individual in the birth of another with Kylo and Ben, like you have Vader. I don't think that the line is as 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 clear as, as it was with those two. I, I think that I think that he is still Ben Solo. I, d- I don't think that he is 100%, you know, n- not redeemable. But never were his intentions good. Even at that sequence, right. even when he kills Snoke, he's not doing it for the greater good of the galaxy. He's doing it so he can ascend to Snoke's position in his quest for domination. It was an opportunity. It for was him. an opportunity. Yes, it was an opportunity. And he had heard enough trash talk yeah. from this old mangled up yep. pretzel of a guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, he had heard enough of it. And and so it pushed his buttons far enough and so he I did something. I don't think about even it. Kylo knew what he was gonna do until he did it. Well, no, but he he had the opportunity, and, yeah. and yeah. He, yeah. he he saw what was going on here. And I don't think he did it to save Ray. I don't. Mm. I don't. He he still saw value he, in Ray. I think, I think he cares about her. I really he do. sees value in her because he knows he can use her. Her power combined with his, and obviously there's a synergy there. There's a compatibility with the two yeah, of them. There is to combine. There's an, there's their an attraction, and I yeah. don't just mean a you know that kind of attraction, but they're they're they are being drawn together. Right. Yeah. And I think that like two parts of the same whole. If Kylo can't use Ray. And he's fully convinced of that. Then she'll become disposable to him. But for now, I think he feels like he can still do something to manipulate her, dominate her, and make her power serve him. So it's never about him trying to do something right and just. It's always extremely self-centered. And, uh, you know, it's a quest for domination, as I've said before. Yeah. All right, New Jersey, thanks so much. Appreciate you jumping on the phone with us. All right, thanks, guys. All right, take care. All right, we've got time for one more. Uh, Folks, this is not going to be the end. We're going to try to do some more of this type of thing. We've got lots more Last Jedi reaction. Uh, And don't forget, you can always leave us a voicemail uh, or email us at show at rebelforceradio.com. We want to continue to hear your thoughts because they certainly – Open us up to all different types of uh, of thinking. All right, six oh two. You're the last one. Make it good. Hey there. <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Uh, this is Brian from Phoenix. Brian from Phoenix. And uh, yes, first of all, I want to say thank you, y'all. <clears throat> I wrote you a few months ago uh, about adopting my son, and I think it was like a bullying episode, and uh, I shared my story of helping him. Uh, kind of walk through not knowing his father and uh, 
with Luke and not knowing his dad and all that stuff. So yeah. it meant a lot to me. Yes, yes. But thank you for that. More important, yes. More important with uh, with this is I think it was fantastic. Uh, to be honest, I think the beginning kind of threw me off for probably the first ten minutes. I think some of the humor was uh, just not what I was expecting. What was it a little heavy-handed in your opinion, or uh, maybe the timing of it that close to the very beginning of the film would be something that kind of turned you off? You know, the opening felt very much like episode one to me, where they were kind of slow starters. First hours flick. You thought this I was a slow start? There's a whole uh, dogfight, space battle. Uh, yeah. I do. I think it needed to go like just a little bit longer with the bombing and, pull me and all of that. That's that's no, a no, slow no. starter for yeah. you. <laughs> Jeez, I, I don't know. What, I don't know what it was. I know. I know. And I don't want to slam it because I really, really like. No, it. no, 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 no. That that's it look. Just... This is not a. This is not a defense. This is just. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you you certainly have a right to your. To your to your thoughts, just that you know, I wouldn't necessarily yeah. call that a slow burn at the beginning. <laughs> not at all. You know, it's not an episode of Mad Men that was you going know. on there. That was. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, maybe it was the humor. I, it just yeah. I'm with you a little, little bit on the humor I, for I, a minute. Yeah, a little yeah, a little uh, plastic banana kind of thing going on there. But yeah, but but no. uh, I, I I did I, I loosened up. I, I think I started loosening up a bit. Um, and as I said earlier, I, I stretched with it, but, um, but look, I, for I, sure. yeah, I'm not 100%. here just to, to tell 100%. you that you're wrong. So what else, what else do you have? Uh, it just took me, it took me a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with, again, not to bring it back to my son, but the, the fact of Ray mm-hmm. and being quote unquote, a nobody for me, he's still too young to kind of understand things, mm-hmm. but his story is very much her story mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i think i can look in the future and hope that uh that a, a character like that will be able to help him and i know there's a lot of kids in this country who yeah. have parents like that that's right and Too many. Mm-hmm. i think you had mentioned something earlier in this that you know us old folks mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of believe that anybody could be a jedi right and anybody can be a somebody and i really like that's right. the message that anybody can be a somebody and i think that is something that has been missing for a very long time um, since the prequels. I think Sheldon uh, has something to say on this topic too. If if you have a high midichlorian count, <laughs> oh, <that's, laughs> thanks for weighing in, Sheldon. <laughs> Only if. No, you're 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 absolutely uh, right. I think that that's something that had been missing for Star Wars for quite some time. It's something that George gave us, and then he, you know, and then he took it away. Um, I don't know yep. that he. I don't know that if when I say he took it away that he realized that we were going to go so far with it as fans and 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 you know that the expanded universe and uh, you know was going to go so crazy with it and it was going to make the Jedi just seem like this really elite exclusive club. I don't know that that was ever really George's intention. I think the Midichlorian thing was just uh, when he's talked about it. I believe he's like you know he basically just needed a way to let the audience know that this guy was really something special. Not that others weren't, but uh, but. I think the tie-in material really kind of went over the top with the Metaclorian stuff, and fans did too. I think yeah. they kind of took it too seriously. I agree. Well, I saw the medical. I'm a, not a. I like the prequels a lot. Yeah, <clears throat> they're just very different. Metaclorians never bothered me in the slightest bit. <laughs> I don't understand just because Sheldon, there's science involved. I just have to take out the religious part. That's Sheldon, always been my stance on it. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
A couple other things. I, yeah. I, I think in watching it, especially once uh, our Yoda came through, and I really appreciated that he looked like Jedi Yoda. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think being a sequel to that, I think had he looked like prequel Yoda, I think it would have been disjointed for me. Yes. So I, I, the first shot, he looked you know, too much like prequel Yoda for me. But then, but then as it as it moved on, it, it was really a. It was. I got to tell you, I'm. I'm it was a mixed bag. The, the the visuals on the Yoda were really a mixed bag for me. I love the the, the, the moment. There's if I would have been like reading that as a story, I'd have been like, oh, it's amazing. But visually, it's like, yeah. geez, guys, you still can't. It's like Jabba. Hmm. They just can't, can't recreate Jabba to save their souls. They can't recreate Yoda really either. Yeah. Or yeah, OT yeah, era I, Yoda. yeah. I can give you that a bit. Yeah. <clears throat> At least he's a ghost, so now he doesn't have to look exactly the same. And I don't know if. <laughs> I think it was your y'all's reaction to last night about the glow going away. Mm-hmm. And I've only seen it the one time, so I, I'm with you guys of not remembering everything. Yeah, I'm actually going to see it again here in about an hour. Does the glow uh, go away? I, if it does, it makes me think about uh, what Sam Witwer mm-hmm. has said in those commentary things about being more in touch with the Force and the tangibility of your ghost spirit. Yeah, Sam, and I believe Sam made that, a connection to Luke's mastery of the Force. Mm-hmm. As Luke gradually became stronger with the Force, at first you just hear Obi Wan, yep. then you see him as a specter, as an apparition, as a ghost on Hoth, and then as he continues to reappear to Luke on Dagobah in Empire Strikes Back, when Luke's flying away, he becomes more physically there. And then by the time of Yoda's death in Return of the Jedi, Ben reappears, walking out of the woods toward Luke, and he appears to have come even more into the physical realm. Sitting on the log and... Yes. Probably a pop seat. And so the the rationale is, is with Luke's ascension with his force powers that was basically bringing back a guy like obi-wan into the real world right not all the way do you think that but you know maybe maybe that came into play a little what's that is that necessarily only luke or could it also be obi-wan's connection with no question i think i think i think you could look at it either way i think it's fair to look at that Mm -hmm. either way and it could also be the force and it's 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 dormant during the period of the original trilogy, essentially. Very mm-hmm. few in the galaxy are feeling it. But as we hear Snoke say in The Force Awakens, you know, there's been an awakening. The right. name the title, The Force Awakens. It's more than just Luke or someone with from the Skywalker line starting to tap into the force. We see Ray. She's someone from nowhere who all of a sudden is strong in the Force. We see those little kids on Canto Bite at the end of The Last Jedi. This is the Force yeah. awakening, literally. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It was, it was pretty amazing. And to, and to kind of piggyback on that, too, I was thinking I didn't get any love vibes between Ray and, and Kylo. I didn't. I apparently really am the only one who missed that. I don't know. I don't think connection. I don't think that there was a romantic connection between. Oh, the two I of think them. there absolutely was. When he says "join me," he means let's let's pool our powers together. He doesn't mean, hey, you know, let's uh-huh. go, let's walk down the aisle. No, 
Well, look, it wasn't that, but I, I, I no, I mean, it wasn't to that extent. They, you know, they, they. Is it the hand holding? There was affection being shown between the two of them. I let's not say romance. There was definitely affection. Each one had something that the other needs and right. still does. She pleads to him. Mm-hmm. She's crying. She's saying, after they take down all the Praetorian guards and Snoke, she's like, no, don't do this. I need, I need you. I need someone else in my life that can, you know, make me relate to this insane world that I'm in now. You are, you're an anchor for me, a touchstone, someone I can relate to. So maybe it's more of a brother-sister kind of uh, love, but I think that there was definitely such... She needed him, and I think... To an extent, he needed her as well. So, uh, Jason is uh, Team yeah. Raylo, I guess. I'm Team Raylo. Team Raylo. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, caller. You know what? Raylo babies. We're gonna have to get out of here, but uh, we will be taking more calls on this. Uh, you uh, know, is in in uh, upcoming uh, shows, episodes of Rebel Force Radio. So uh, we invite you to call back again sometime. Awesome. Thank you so much, right. guys. Thank thanks you for everything you do. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. Rebel Force Radio. Star Wars. Nothing but stars! Your source for the force. You know it, you love it. From Tops comes the digital card collecting app, Star Wars Card Trader. Yes, collect and trade officially licensed Star Wars digital cards. All of your favorite characters, vehicles, and locations from the Star Wars universe are here, including replicas of those amazing and iconic original 1977 top Star Wars trading cards to futuristic all-new cards with exciting digital twists. Download it today in the App Store or in Google Play. And of course, we're using the Star Wars card trader app here at rebel force radio you can always trade with us here 24 7 365 days a year just search username rebel force radio and do it all from the comfort of your mobile device it's the tops star wars card trader app these are the cards you're looking for may the force be with y'all All right, that's going to wrap things up here. Our second reaction show, this one starring you, listeners here at Rebel Force Radio. Uh, but we like to think you're the star every time. You know, as we as we do these shows, whether you realize it or not, you are active participants in uh, what we say and do here on the program. So thank you all so much for being with us. Uh, we can't wait to do another one of these. Look for much, much more reaction, uh, not just coming from us, but coming from uh, our usual cast of characters here at Rebel Force Radio, our extended family. Look for reactions. We, we got to check in with FJ. FJ. Yes. Yeah. Profit or loser. We're going to be doing that. Yeah. And, of course, we've got Kyle Newman out there. We've got our friend Paul Bateman. We've got um, just uh, all of the, uh, again, uh, the extended family here at Rebel Force Radio going to be checking in with us over the coming days and weeks. So stay tuned. Uh, we love you so much. Thank you all for being part of this journey with us. We'll see you next time. For Rebel Force Radio, I'm Jason. And I'm Jimmy Mack. And remember, the Force will be with you, always.
Well, he, he, uh, he's not after you at all. He's after somebody called uh, Skywalker.